one consolation if you are stuck in that traffic right now is you get to listen to Mike Broomhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The bright side of everything. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate that. Um, and welcome to the show. There's so much to get to today and what's happening as we sprint toward this election that is coming up very, very quickly. The animosity and the angst is growing among voters and among ballot watchers. And all this is coming to a head. They may have a decision by Friday from a judge of whether or not it's permissible to do what they're doing. I will tell you, um, I believe it's permissible. I'm a big defender of the First Amendment, but I'm also a big supporter of doing the right thing. There are things you can do and things you should do. Um, or should or shouldn't do. And there's a difference. Not everything that's bad is against the law, but that doesn't mean you should do it. That's where the rub is in this. Um, I have been a big defender of the First Amendment. I don't like a lot of things that happen, uh, but the First Amendment protects your right to free speech. Even if you're being an idiot, um, you have a right to speak your mind. Um, I had an interesting conversation, and I'm going to get to this letter in a moment, but I want to share a story of, of significance to me. Um, I had talked often about uh, burning the flag and how what a despicable act I think it is defacing or burning our flag I think is a despicable act because of the reverence that many people have sacrificed um, have, the, the have toward that flag because of the sacrifice they made in our veterans and uh, the late John McCain was in studio with me once and we were talking about the First Amendment I don't know how we got off on the subject but we were talking about the First Amendment and I used the example of flag burning as a protected uh, protected speech. And he got very somber and told a story um, when he was imprisoned in a POW camp. One of the men he was in, in prison with um, had sewn an American flag inside their prison uniform because all of the uh, captives, all the POWs wore prison uniforms. And uh, he had sewn an American flag on the inside of his jacket. And every night when they got their bowl of soup for dinner, uh, he would stand up in front of the group. He would open his jacket, and they would all say the Pledge of Allegiance before they ate. And when the captors, when the North Vietnamese captors found him with uh, that inside his jacket, they beat him mercilessly. Uh, Senator McCain said it took over a week for him to get healthy at all. Uh, it almost killed him, apparently. But they had beat him severe, beaten him severely. And as soon as he was healthy enough... He began to sew another flag on the inside of that jacket. That's how the, that's what connected all of these men. So I think it's a despicable act. That's why I will always call it out for that. But we have a First Amendment for a reason. And I would say what what is happening right now with election watching serves no purpose other than the self-serving nonsense of the people that are doing it. They are not saving the election. They are not saving democracy. They are not protecting the vote. What they are is intimidating people and making people on the right side of the aisle look bad. They make themselves look horrible, but they make themselves look bad as well. There is a group, um, <clears throat> the anonymous group which calls itself Ben Sent Us, as in Benjamin Franklin, uh, has mailed out threatening letters and mass to more than a dozen county level Democratic Party chairpersons in the state, viewing that members will be locating your homes and warning that those who are seen as allowing election fraud will be considered a traitor and dealt with accordingly. As will you on what's in these letters. Um, these are, again, these are supposed to be – everyone that has a group like this, they believe that they are the moral authority. We have a system in this country of checks and balances. We have a justice system in this country. And who are you to decide what election fraud is? That's what always gets me about people like this. You are the arbiter of truth. You are the arbiter of justice. So that threat is against American law. 
and you should be dealt with accordingly. And if you're so proud of what you're doing, if you are the true uh, patriots of America that's going to save this election, why aren't you identifying who you are? I'm not always right, but I'm always identifiable. When I say something, it's got my name all over it. When I post online, I get a lot of people that disagree with me, but I'm identified. I am who I am online. I'm not an anonymous troll on Twitter. I have my real name out there. My name really is Broomhead. I I put it on the show, and I try to have a conversation with people. And if I don't want it to be heard, I don't say it. That doesn't mean I'm always proud of the things I've said. That doesn't mean that I don't owe people an apology at times or an admission that I was wrong. But when you're out doing these kinds of things, who does it serve? Are you making Republicans look good? Are you making the election system in Arizona safer? What you're doing is taking up law enforcement time. We are supposed to be on the right side of the aisle, the law enforcement advocates, rule of law. That's what we're supposed to be, justice. And you're out there as a vigilante. Now there's police that have to investigate because of the nonsense that you're doing. You know, when uh, I've mentioned this many times when Clint Hickman, the from the Board of Supervisors, had threats against him and his family. Law enforcement had to investigate. There had to be sheriff deputies at his home because of people being there. We are supposed to be aides and advocates for law enforcement, which means we're not supposed to be doing things that cause them more work. No one, I don't think anyone can give me or will give me or any of us a justifiable reason for doing things like this. If anything, you're damaging candidates on your side of the aisle because now candidates are going to be asked, do you agree with this? Do you now denounce this? Is this appropriate? And then it gets connected to those campaigns. So here's the connection that's being made. I don't think it's justified. But this is politics. All is fair in love and war. I don't think it's an accurate leap, but all is fair in love and war. There's no way you can connect a candidate or candidates who have questioned the validity of a past election, 2020, to the people that are doing this. But that connection is being made. Your rhetoric, do you believe that your rhetoric is leading to some of these things happening? No, it isn't. And there have been idiots on both sides of the aisle forever. But instead of having some common decency and common sense, I understand anger. We all understand being angry. We understand fear if you believe the election was stolen. You know, there's another story about elections out there now about improper ballots being sent out somewhere where it could delay the count. Not here in Arizona, in another state. We know that there were 6,000 ballots that were uh, misprinted and they were sent out here in Arizona. So we know stuff happens where people have questions and it kind of fuels that fire of doubt. But to behave in a way like this, to wear tactical gear and cover your face and intimidate people at the polling places. And I would say to you again, I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it every day until these people stop. If you were and there are people watching the ballot drop boxes, even though there's a 24 hour a day, seven day a week recorded video of those drop off locations, there are people that believe that it's necessary to sit and watch. So they bring lawn chairs, they bring drinks, they bring food, and they take shifts and they camp out and they watch from a safe distance away. Would I do it? No. Do I think it's the right thing to do? No. Do I think it's horrible? No. You're just exercising your First Amendment rights. If those people looked over their shoulder and the police were there and the police were there in tactical gear, 
with the face shields on. Wouldn't they feel intimidated? Wouldn't they wonder what the purpose was of law enforcement having to show up with all of that armament and tactical gear? Are you looking for a fight? Is that what the police are? Do I really look dangerous sitting here with my pizza? Well, that's how you appear in your tactical gear to someone that's just dropping off their ballots. And even if there's somebody that's doing something illegal, what are you going to do about it in your tactical gear? The answer is nothing. You're going to report it to the proper authorities. So you've got that going on. Now you've got an anonymous organization. It's always an anonymous organization. And they're out there writing letters and making threats. And they should knock it off. If these people genuinely believe they're doing good, it is insane. And so I just, I want it to stop like everybody else does. It needs to stop. We, uh, we're going to talk about this a few times this morning. I think it's, it's something that is important for us to continue to discuss. But in a moment, some good news on education. When it comes to education in this country, what group, not what state, what group is doing a better job in education and an opportunity for you to hear about a great program that's helping people with their health care needs? All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I want to get to this education topic here in a moment. But before we do, I've got some important information I want to get you from our friends at Circle the City. Joining us right now from Circle the City is Marty Hames. Marty, welcome as always. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I, I want to tell us what's happening this uh, with this program and what's happening right now, what's available to people that might need it. Well, Mike, as you know, we provide all the medical care for people who are homeless in Maricopa County. Um, but we're always looking for innovative health care solutions to make it easier for people on the street to get that medical care. So being at Breast Cancer Awareness Month, you know, we all know how important it is to get a mammogram. But that's really hard for, for women who are living on the street. They're trying to figure out where they're going to lay their head at night or get their next meal, you know getting a mammogram may not be top of mind. So we set up a mobile medical unit and we're doing um, no cost, no appointment necessary mammograms all day long, as well as well women's exams, pap smears to test for cervical cancer. And we are hoping to do about 40 mammograms today. And so where, where, is, uh, where are the locations? Are you going to be at just that one location? Yeah, we're set up at our outpatient clinic, which is called the Parsons Family Health Center in the parking lot uh, at 3522 North 3rd Avenue. Um, and in addition to that, Mike, we don't we don't want any woman to go home without a bra today. So we have people that are going to be giving out free bras all day. Um, Beauty by Veronica, Veronica. Veronica Penzone, you know, mm-hmm. Sheriff Penzone's lovely wife, she brought her whole team of hairstylists out here. So every woman that gets a mammogram is going to get a full makeover as well. And we're doing free food, backpacks. So we've tried to make this, you know, an event to encourage women to feel good about their health and take action to, to help save their life. Well, I got to thank you, as always, Marty, for the great work you're doing. And I hope that people will show up and come out and take advantage of this service, this very, very important service. Can you give the address one more time? Sure. We're at the Parsons Family Health Center, and that's at 3522 North 
3rd Avenue in Phoenix near 3rd Avenue and Indian School. And Mike, you have my number. So if somebody who needs more information about it, you just give me a holler and I'll be happy to help them. We will, Marty. Thanks again for the work you're doing. Thank you, Mike. All right, that's Marty Hames from Circle the City providing medical care to homeless uh, individuals, and they've got a great event going on today. If you know someone that needs that care, please make sure they get down there today. Um, and I wanted to make sure Marty got on early so that people have time today to get down there um, or at least reach out to their family or friends that may be in need and can get them there. Um, who leads an education? I found this to be interesting. There is what they call the national report card they, on education nationally. And in this, the NAEP um, it, it says that Catholic schools were performing better than other private and public schools when it comes to educating people. The National Assessment on Educational Progress, NAEP, bills itself as the nation's report card. It's been handing out grades since 1969. Um, the results are also separated by school type, enabling this uh, this program to compare achievement in Catholic schools on an even basis with their public and non-parochial private counterparts. Results show Catholic schools exceed both public schools and charter schools by wide margins. Of course, they were given uh, quite an assist from, the, uh, from what, how it was done with the underreported people, according to the story. The reason why I bring this up is education has been such an important topic on the show for a long time. We all want what's best in our public schools. We all want what's best in our education availability to kids, which is why I've become such a big proponent of school choice. I don't hate the public schools. I certainly don't dislike or hate teachers. I love all of this. I want it to be its best. But we have to admit that the system is failing the way it's working. And we need to innovate and we need to change and we need to figure out a more effective way to provide provide quality education to our young people. That's that's really where it comes from. This idea of us against them because what's working, you can't say it's working. You can't. The problem is on one side of this conversation, all they talk about is funding. It's money, 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 which and there's data that shows it's not just spending. You can look at some of the worst performing districts and states in the country, and they spend so much more money than other places. And then you find other school districts in other states where they are performing very, very well, they perform very well, but they're not spending as much money. So it's a mixture of both. Yes, I want to see teachers get more money. We all know that this is what's needed. But when you're talking about now the fentanyl problem and and there's a Cronkite news story about school districts stockpiling Narcan because of the fentanyl overdoses, we know what's happening with reading skills and math skills. We have got to make some changes. One of the things that is interesting is there's a story that was written about uh, CTE programs, career technical education, giving kids an alternative. And the reason why I think this is an, a, a great, a brilliant idea, and I've been talking about it for so long with career technical education, is it gives people purpose. And what I mean by that is if you take a young kid, how many times have you had your child, or maybe you said it when you were a child, said, when am I ever going to use this again? Geometry, trigonometry, um, algebra. When am I ever going to use these things again? And then you find something in your life you want to do and realize it's a big part of what you're going to use. When you show them practical application to the things they're learning, young people thrive. Um, I told a story of going to EVIT. 
and I'll be brief, which is the East Valley Institute of Technology, when they had their uh, a big like a career day or what, they were just showing off all the different departments. And one of the things they had going on was a competition in their welding class. You had to build, uh, I think it was like a like a a, a big an outdoor uh, not a grill but like a um, burn pit, and they had to design it. Draw it on blueprints and then build it as close to scale as possible and to watch them use all of the math skills first in designing this and drawing the blueprints. And then from the blueprints, they had to build it. And the judges wanted to make sure it was as close as it showed them how they had to use all these skills. You take a young kid in high school and you show them that this is what you're going to do. And this is why this is important. And they see this as part of the career they want. They thrive. We've got to come up with innovative ways to help these kids understand why learning is important. And there's just a lot of different ways we have to try to do it. Coming up in a minute, Gatos is going to join me. It's the Big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. You know, Barack Obama might buy the Suns. Really? Did you hear about that? No. <laughs> Bill Simmons was talking about it with Charles Barkley. And uh, Barkley says so if Obama uh, uh, is going to buy the Suns, he's on board to get on. See, this is the breaking news that I love uh, so he's, bringing you. They're saying that the former president is going yes. to put together a team of people. Yeah. yeah. Interested. Interested in possibly putting together a team of people to buy your Phoenix Suns. Does that excite you as a Barack Obama fan? I'm. You know what? I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan. Uh, but uh, but I'm not a hater either. You know. No, I, I didn't, didn't I say didn't, that. I didn't agree with him as president and his policies, obviously. But he's not the president anymore, and so I mean, I just I don't know. How does he got that kind of cash? Well, he's got friends in high places, so okay. he doesn't. He doesn't need to have all. So the So would cash, he right? be? Would he be the face of the franchise? Yes. Wow. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. That would be a game changer in a lot. And I'm no, no pun intended. I, yeah. To think about a former president of the United States as the face of a professional franchise. Right. Well, pretty, remember George Bush did it uh, in Texas. He was. Yeah, uh, but that was before he was president. Very true. That was before. He, was it, yeah. it was it was before he was governor, too, I think. I'm not sure. I don't I don't know either. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah he owned uh, the uh, the Texas Rangers. Can you imagine Barack Obama coming to Phoenix and buying the Suns and then taking over the 8 to noon slot on KTAR? Yeah, I could picture all of that happening, quite honestly. Here's my question, and I, of course I turn it into politics because everything today is about politics. Yep. Obama is rumored to uh, be somewhat interested in buying the Phoenix Suns. What do you think? A, I'm a Democrat. That's a slam dunk. B, I'm a Republican. I'm against liberals owning my favorite team. See, I'm an independent. Just win a title, for goodness sakes. Um, we, uh, I actually asked yesterday Republicans who are Suns fans to call in, mm-hmm. and they did. And we did five spots. We had five callers, and they're all Republicans and Suns fans. And I'm, go- I'm joking with them. I go, do you have any problem with Obama owning the team? Uh, and uh, four out of five said they couldn't care less. Yeah. One person just didn't like Obama, but the other four Republicans are like, I don't care. Yeah, let's cares? just win it. Let's win it. Well, in all honesty, he could bring some probably pretty good players here i mean there will be people who want to come and play for barack obama sure yeah yeah 
And and then that's why that eight to noon slot could be interesting. It could be. It could be. It could be very interesting. <laughs> I hate you. I'll talk to you soon. I I love you too. <laughs> That's Gatos and the Big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, the latest plan from the White House to help ease the financial strain on Americans. Is it helpful or is it just a gimmick or a combination of the two? So that's what we're going to talk about as we talk about the economy starting off the next hour of the program.